Happy day after Monday, everybody. <laughs> today is Tuesday, October 2nd. Um, and today, just to go ahead and put it out there, we are on Philippians 1. Um, I am joined by my co-hosts, as usual, Michael Miller, Daniel Yelverton. How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Fall. I'm, I feel like fall weather's kind of coming in now, yeah. so it feels really good having the windows open, a little cooler, crisper air. It's nice. Hopefully we'll actually get a fall. I mean, that would be nice. I hope so. I don't think we got one last year. <laughs> no, did we, we did like a week. I, I think, think we had chipped out of fall and spring. <laughs> it's just a long. No, why why is it summer. that everybody hates Mondays? By the way, Brent. You know, Monday is the first you know active day after church of the week, so you can go ahead and set all your goals and uh, and accomplish things and get a good start to the week. Right? Who are you? <laughs> Somebody only, finally has look, caffeine this morning. Look, look, I only I only say that because at my work I'm off on Mondays. So you poor guys. Yeah, no, we're off on Mondays <laughs> well, that's too. True, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we don't mind Mondays, but I know that most of the world despises them. So figured I would uh, throw that out Somebody's there just to, just to put a little Mondays. dig in there today to be like, hey, it's <laughs> yeah. not Monday anymore. It's a better day today. It's a new day. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's all we got, right? I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> um, but no, like I said, we are on uh, Philippians 1, and uh, this is the first time I've, in a while I think we've been on the first chapter of something when we've gotten into it. It seems like we've kind of jumped yeah. in the middle of a yeah. couple books for a while. Um, we just completely skipped Ephesians, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. We just uh, didn't want to do it. No. <laughs> we took it out of the canon. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty we bad. We blame Paul for not writing a long enough book, so, <laughs> yeah. or at least the people that wrote the put the Bible together, they didn't put enough chapters in a few <laughs> That's right. It is totally his fault that we didn't get to it. So yep. We'll Ready blame, to go, Paul. We'll blame Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pour a little salt in the wound while he's in prison, right? He's right, yeah. <laughs> so um, do we need to set up anything on Philippians before we get into it? Uh, I think uh, we don't know exactly when this letter is written. We just have some context with it. Um, one we know is that Paul... I think I got something because I looked it up in my uh, handy-dandy you know, uh, book. Yeah, yeah. Um, now look, not the lo- Bible. Yeah, 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 not the Bible for goodness sakes. No, my my handy dandy book. No, um, look, a lot of the stuff we don't know, mm-hmm. like Daniel said. I mean, there's people they argue all this stuff. We think it may have been written from Rome. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get into why, but most scholars think that it was. It could have been a couple other places, but it was probably Rome. And uh, as far as a date, probably around fifty nine. Mm-hmm. So like, this is kind of later. Um, uh, let me see that there were other, other stuff was written as early, like 49 or 50, something like that. So, so this is kind of down the road in Paul's ministry. Keep in mind, like, um, in, in 70 AD, that's when you know, the, the Roman Jewish war happens. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's like really late in this thing. So 59 is kind of getting there and, and later in Paul's ministry. Yeah, because middle to late kind of. It's one of the latter letters, and you can even see by the tone that one, Paul's in prison because he writes from uh, imprisonment, and the other is that this one has a little bit more of his mortality kind of on his forefront of his mind, like he's really thinking about uh, life and death and life after life, and um, which you don't get that in some of his letters, like Galatians, the one we just came from, was one of his earlier letters, right? And so you, there's just different when you read them, they seem just like. The tone is a little bit different. What the subject matter is a little bit different. And that's just because Paul's in a different stage in his life. And so just take that into context. And that's something to, to note is, is as we go a chapter a day, um, these are not chronological. 
Um, actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, some of these are written based upon length. Like Romans is the longest, and then First and Corinthians, you know, the, these things are a lot of like longest to shortest. Um, so, and then they had like the pastoral epistles put together. But yeah, some of the stuff is not chronological. So when you read these back to back, they might sound vastly different. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. because they were written very different times. So yeah. yeah. And for me, because I'm learning along the way with all of this, um, whenever he mentions Timothy, that's kind of later in his ministry, right? Because Timothy was like his spiritual son that came along later and through the end of his life, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed like the first thing like says Paul and Timothy, th- servants of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. or Christ Jesus. So that was kind of what tipped me off. And I was just hoping I wasn't totally wrong. <laughs> so thank <laughs> and, you. For, and for another clarifying. thing that we notice here, just from going through the book of um, Acts is that Luke accompanied Paul a lot in his journey. And Paul doesn't reference Luke a lot in this. So that's where we don't know where it's probably later on in his imprisonment, whether right. it's in Rome, his first, his house arrest in Rome or when he's actually um, in his imprisonment before his execution. Yeah, and, and one more piece of that, going off what Daniel just said, is his imprisonment in Rome, or imprisonments in Rome, were a bit worse. And and the reason for that is, I was just reading about this, that he couldn't appeal to Caesar in Rome, some kind of legal something or other, to where like if they were threatening execution in other places, they'd be like, no, 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 I'm a citizen and stuff, and you all can't do this. But when in, when he was in Rome, that didn't apply. So his life was actually on the line in his imprisonments in Rome. Mm-hmm. So, so that's something to note in this in this book as we continue a chapter a day, a chapter a day is that Paul writes a lot about joy in the midst of some of his biggest danger. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, all right, you guys. Well, this is Philippians one from the Dwell app. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more, with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. 
Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. All right, so that's our reading for today uh, from the Dwell app from Rosie. Thank you, Rosie. We really appreciate your <laughs> I lovely we were going to rock out for a second there at the end. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so three things for me really stood out about this, um, this letter. Um, one is that it's extremely encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes me like older Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice and warm. And some of the last letters, the last um, books that we've been in, have been a little bit more harsh, and he's kind of like straightening some people out. And this one's just like full of love and encouragement. So it's mm-hmm. great. Um, two things from it stood out to me. One, I just really loved how he spoke about um, the need to speak out about Jesus and not let fear stop you from doing that. I love the encouragement he gave them on that. And I also love the encouragement that he gave them on having joy in suffering kind of, you know, within his imprisonment, how joyful he's still being and and his encouragement for them to do that Mm -hmm. stood out for you guys. Well, at the very beginning, something that I noticed that maybe I should notice in every letter, um, 
you know how we how we approach people you know um sometimes we can be really mean to each other you know um even in our writing i mean how many times do we write an email and just get straight to business mm-hmm. you know yeah paul starts off of course he introduces himself in timothy but then he says grace to you and peace from from god our father and the lord jesus christ like what a good way to start a letter mm-hmm. you know and and he and he does this all the time he always gives some kind of 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 peaceful and, and joyful greeting. And I know that sounds to be super simple, but that just stood out to me today because I'm like, you know, that's that's the way to start. And when we when we greet people, when we approach people in our in our conversations and our emails and our Facebook and you know, maybe we should have a little bit of grace. And even when we approach difficult subjects, because like you just said, we know Paul approaches some difficult subjects. Yeah. But he starts off with peace and grace. I love that. Yeah. And I think that uh, he has that perspective, even in his encouragement right in the beginning, about um, just like almost like this finishing strong. Like, like I want you to grow more and more. Like I, I and I, and he recognizes that Christ's work is is a process. You know, I love my, one of my favorite verses is uh, is verse six, where it says, "And I'm sure of this that he that began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus." And and I just love that because that's a huge encouragement for me that that there's just a process of sanctification, and and that Paul's not saying that to condemn; he's saying that to encourage that that eventually there is going to be a completion, that there is going to be something, and that he that began the good work will continue it, and he will complete it. You know, and, and so it's not something that we're doing off of our own power, our own ability. This is this is Christ doing the work in us, and so, and and He's just like, may your love abound. May my prayers that your love would just abound more and more in knowledge and all the sermon, mm-hmm. and that you would be blameless in the day of Christ Jesus. I just think His His perspective is now much more about uh, the hope. You know, the hope that we have, the hope that we have of of the uh, of the completion that we're going to get on the day of Christ Jesus, but also. In, in anticipation of that hope, living through that hope, living in a way that your love will abound and living blameless in that way and how you interact with people. And I think that gives him great perspective because I think that he goes right then into this kind of uh, issue that he's having with brothers that are around him that some are, are preaching the gospel with their own gain in mind and others are preaching it you know, out of love and out of sincerity. And he's like, you know what? It's just awesome that Christ is being preached. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just great. And I think that he's getting this, like, he's getting a very, like, a just like an older perspective, like a more seasoned perspective when it's coming to this and understanding that really all that matters is that Christ is being proclaimed. Yeah, because he didn't exactly preach that message in Galatians. No, I right? mean, he was about— Galatians, he, was about he had, cutting he had the a bodies. little bit different of a perspective. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, an older, um, more patient Paul that we, we see here. Yeah. You know, Daniel, when you went through verse 6— you know, talking the and I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of of Jesus Christ. Um, something that I just I just pictured because Paul likes to use some athletic kind of imagery. Like think about um, being in in baseball, being in the All Star game at the All Star break, and maybe being in a home run derby. Right? How much fun must that be? Yeah. To be sitting there at the plate, getting these nice soft pitches, and just you know, kicking it right out of the park and everybody's cheering, you're having fun, you're on TV and it's great. It's just, you know, you're doing your favorite thing. But think about in high school when you're in the weight room and you are just hurting for certain, right? 
And then and then you you go you go on to, to college and and you struggle you play all these other leagues and your and your body is feeling like it's broken because you're playing so much baseball you're doing so much cardio you're doing so much lifting and you are really putting yourself out there you you go through maybe even like you know tendon tears and, and recovery and just all of the the processes athletically that it takes to finally get to this completed moment. Mm. Well, you're knocking it out of the park and you're having fun. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I picture this life, Mm. this life that we live here on earth. And I think that Paul kind of has a similar picture, Mm. maybe not baseball because I don't know, it wasn't created yet, (laughs) but, but you know, like Paul, I can imagine him seeing it like this is training this. And and really what we get to do is yes, we're going to suffer. Yes. There's, there's terrible pain and loss and tragedy. And sometimes it doesn't get better here on earth. But we have something awesome to look forward to once we're completed in Christ and we get to see Jesus face to face. That's like when we get to heaven, that's going to be that completion. And I think, Daniel, I think that we can have a moment there where we look back and realize, wow, we have all this wonderful, awesome stuff in, in comparison to what we had. It makes you appreciate it even more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I'm thrilled to death with the prospect of heaven, especially in comparison to, to what we deal with now. I, I'm, I'm happy to be in training and, and hoping that, that I am complete one day when I meet Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we have like that, that in perspective in mind, we can like genuinely rejoice. Like it's not, we're not happy because of our circumstances. Um, uh, Dennis, uh, who was teaching last week, uh, we talked about, uh, or I guess two weeks ago, he was, uh, he was talking about how happiness is really about happening. It's about your circumstances and joy is something that is, is really almost like imperishable. It's one of the fruits of the spirit. And it, I think that when we are able to then have this perspective, when we are slighted, when people are, when like, I mean, Paul's like being slandered here, or Paul is like, he, people are literally trying to hurt Paul by their way they live their life and by the way they're doing their actions. And he's just rejoicing, you know, because, and I think that's just that, that imperishable hope that we hear about, like, uh, I think it's in Romans 5, where uh, he starts like saying that all these things that like rejoice because of your persecution, because persecution will build character and character will build hope and hope will never let you down or never fail you. And, and I think he's really getting, he's kind of kind of putting this perspective into practice. And, and I think that it's, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the present slights or the present slander or the present issues or whatever it is and get so fixated on that and just lo- like have tunnel vision and lose total perspective mm-hmm. on like what is before us. I've, I've heard it said there's a great analogy that, that heaven for us, and this is not even, and, and the cool thing about it is that we're not even just speaking about heaven. Like when Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly, he said that for the here and the now, like that we would experience joy now, not just this like really, really terrible life. And then eventually everything would get better mm-hmm. when we, you know, when we see Jesus face to face. But I think of it as in like you get a letter from, you know, uh, from an insurance company that says you had a long lost relative that left you billions of dollars. You know, it's just waiting for you in the bank. And on the way on the way to the bank, you get like a flat tire. And you lose your mind (laughs) over this flat tire and you kick your car and you're so angry and you're throwing chairs and you're just all upset about it. And like, it's because you've lost total perspective on what's ahead of you. I mean, you can buy 
like 50 billion new cars or whatever. You know I mean, you can buy tons of like, like new car, like just, just go buy a new car. Now you got a flat tire, go buy a new car. Cause you have so much that's in store for you. Right. But instead we get so fixated on these things. These so temporal things. And, uh, and I think when we realize how much we have in store for us, we can look at our present circumstances a lot differently. And, and I think that's a huge encouragement that we get here from Paul as he's living this life. Cause he's in prison. I mean, it's not like he's yeah. like, you know, like, man, like somebody said something really bad to me on Facebook today. And so I'm really <laughs> struggling. I yeah, mean, he's like, not getting in his like, you know, you know, multi-million dollar jet writing this letter about how tough things can be. Yeah, right. Exactly. He's, in, he's in prison. First yeah. world probs. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, he, yeah, he's in, he's in a Roman prison of, of, of probably and a harsh place. And, uh, you know, and, but he's still, he's rejoicing. And, and that's just, uh, I think that just encourages me to just shift my perspective mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, perspective is massively, massively key. And I'll share a quick little story yeah. about that, that you, while you were saying that made me think about it. So we went a couple of weeks ago, we went to a couples camp and um, it was an awesome experience. It was so great to be there with the people from the church we were there with and get to know everybody better and a way for our marriage to grow. But it ended up being what they said was the rainiest, the wettest <laughs> camp out of any camp they've ever done there before, which they've done a ton of camps there now. Yeah. So um, we had some dry time, but really the last day and a half, it was a steady downpour soaking rain and um, everything was getting wet. You know, Nicole and I had this cheap little two person tent that we had an air mattress blown up in. And um, because, you know, tents are tents when things touch, touch the edges of them, it has a tendency the water will come through. So like the edges of the sheet that we had on the air mattress were like wet and creeping in on us, you know, but we still slept dry enough and warm enough and all that kind of stuff. But the last day when we were, uh, it was just still downpour and we are, um, getting things kind of cleaned up and packed up to get ready to leave. Talk about perspective. I was still joyful, even though it was miserable for the fact that first world problems, like I was like, oh, this tent's old not old, but like kind of cheap. And we've used it a couple times and the zippers broke on it now. And it's just not ideal. Instead of packing this wet thing up, how about we just go throw it away? They had a big dumpster up there, you know? And then I had an old sleeping bag that I was sleeping in that I've had for 20 years that was torn. And I was like, let's just go throw this away, you know? And the tarp Mm. that it's on, we can get a tarp for five bucks, no big deal. We're going to throw this away. So I was just gathering all these things up to drag them over and throw them away instead of trekking them out the mile and a half that we have to walk to get out. And the whole time I'm thinking, good Lord, how blessed are we? Mm. Like with the rain coming down and dealing with that stuff, I can't stop thinking about how blessed we are because it is first world problems. I was Mm. thinking like this you know, broken tent that I'm throwing away. This might be somebody else's permanent home in another country and they don't have that option, you know? Mm. So yeah, perspective does absolutely change your joy and your happiness in the moment because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it did for me then. So I got, I got something for, uh, for folks to write down. You ready for this? (laughs) This is a, I wish I had enough wisdom to be quotable, but, but here's my best shot at, at it. Um, perspective is the difference between depression Enjoy. Hmm. Mm. So the reason why I say that now perspective is the difference between depression and joy. The reason why I say that is that Christians can still can be depressed and joyful at the same time. And I'm not talking about a facade. Okay. I know that we put on our faces when we go to church that we were crying 10 minutes ago (laughs) and, and some ladies you might be putting on your makeup on the way to, on the way to church to hide the tears that you had just before you got in the car. Right. Mm. 
and I know guys are going through through some uh, some similar stuff that there's real pain and there's real depression, and I'm not minimizing that at all. And I understand that we put on faces sometimes when we see each other, but that's not what I'm talking about. Just like Daniel said with the flat tire, getting a flat tire sucks. Oh yeah, you might you might be fully <laughs> aware that you're going to have a billion dollars coming up, right? And you, but but in that moment. You can still suffer. You can still struggle. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Being a Christian, we have a better perspective. Yes, we still suffer. Yes, we still have that mental anguish. Yes, we still may feel down and depressed from our usual state. But what we can do is we can look in the future. We can look with perspective and, and find some joy even in the midst of depression. I take medication. I, I go through my bouts of depression but something that gets me through it is the joy of Christ. And look, Paul, a lot of folks will disagree with me here, but I'm going to go ahead and go for it anyway. <laughs> and some of you guys have heard me talk about this before. I think Paul had to deal with some of this. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. L- let's not sugarcoat this. Dude was in prison, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, most likely a Roman prison, and things weren't going so hot for him. He was envisioning the end of his own life. Yeah. And... And Paul may have been have had that thought of man, why don't they just go ahead and kill me? Now I'm not talking about Paul wanting to go grab a rope and killing himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But I can imagine Paul being in that spot where he's down. But see, perspective mm-hmm. matters. See what, what? Let me let me just look at the scripture here. He says in verse. Uh, let's. Uh, I'll read a little bit. So bear with me. Um, Verse uh, 21, we'll start with. It says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall, I shall choose. He uses the word choose. I can't tell. Well, he can't tell between choosing life or death. I'm hard-pressed between the two. Mm-hmm. These are serious statements. I, I work with suicide, and if someone were to tell me that um, they can't choose between life and death, I would be a bit concerned. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay? But this is where the story gets better. Uh, He does say that my desire is to part part and be with Christ, which that's much better, so I guess that part wasn't great, right? Mm -hmm. But, But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and join the faith. Now look, this is what I say by perspective. It's not just the perspective of, of heaven. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, living with the Holy Spirit through us, in and through us, we should live for others. Mm-hmm. And Paul has this perspective. Yes, that perspective, that difference between depression and joy, right? Paul has this perspective of, I'm going to live I'm going to choose to live, even though it's a tough choice, because I love you. So I think that's really important that that we should be looking at choosing joy, even when we're depressed, because we love other people. Because, and I'm sorry if I'm preaching, Daniel. No, you're good, man. But because Jesus tells us in Matthew 25... You know, to serve the least of these. If we if we think we love God, then we better love others. Mm-hmm. And if we don't love others, 
you might need to have a heart check on whether you love God or not. Because Jesus tell, tells us a lot about loving your neighbor as yourself, loving your enemy, and loving the least of these. Mm-hmm. If you, if, and that's how we love God. We really love God by loving others. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that, that that is a perspective of life, that loving other people helps us live. And, and I think that that's, um, I mean, we're touching on a, can be a very challenging, sensitive subject because yes. you know, some of our listeners may be struggling with this. Some of them have experienced it. Some of them have loved ones. I can say I've had loved ones that have, have gone through, have committed suicide. And so it's a, um, it's a very real issue, yes. very much a, a dangerous thing. But, uh, I think what's, what's, what's interesting here. And I was, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this and not to be insensitive to the nature of the depression and of the mm-hmm. suicide is, is, or suicidal thoughts is that, uh, Paul here, I think often the issue that I've seen when some people have either thought about it is they've, they've thought that, that people are better off with them not living. Right. And Paul is, is saying the opposite of that. Exactly. He's saying that it's it's better for you that I live. And I think that's the beauty of the gospel, that the gospel is all about second chances because Paul certainly has a long list of disappointments and hurts that he's caused people. He's broken up families. He's killed people. He has thrown people in prison. He has a list of things that he could look back on and say, man, I have really hurt people and I've made life a lot worse for people. It would be better maybe if I didn't live mm-hmm. and not continue to hurt people and, and but his perspective is as no is that as, and that's the i think the beauty of the gospel is that when uh when we realize that christ gives us the holy spirit and that opportunity then to for redemption and to make an impact because of the holy spirit in us and that even in his chains people he's he's not only finding joy but he's giving joy to other people encouraged other people and people are are learning from his testimony and they are getting boldness from their testimony. I think that's the the beauty of the connectivity that we have when the gospel is a present. You know, it connects us, it binds us together as brothers and sisters. And, and I think that when, as a follower of Jesus, is that you have the connective ability there because of the Holy Spirit and you have the ability through the Holy Spirit to bless and impact people in an amazing way. And so I want to encourage you that if you're struggling with this, do not believe the lie that people are better off without you. That is not at all the case. If anything, it is such a blessing that you are in people's life, that God has given you the opportunity and the second chance. Every breath that you have is a second chance and a really wonderful way to impact people. And uh, and so I think that, you know, that's I just wanted to say that to not to be insensitive to it at all, but I wanted to say that more as an encouragement that that we have um, we have joy and joy, not because that we are giving people happiness, but joy because we have the Holy Spirit in us and we have hope and we have the opportunity to be ambassadors of reconciliation we have we have the opportunity for god to use our story in a meaningful way mm-hmm. and, and so i want to encourage you to get to to try and like you said uh, michael the difference between joy and depression can be just perspective to pull out of the perspective of your situation if it's a tough situation pull out of it for just a second to know that man that you have the opportunity with jesus to impact people through love and through the power of the gospel yeah, yeah. And he doesn't, <clears throat> he didn't put you here for no reason, you know? That's something else to remember, too. Like, if you choose to opt out, like, there's a reason that he put you here. Mm-hmm. And even though things might be miserable now, um, and, you know, 
like Paul went through a lot of misery and a lot of struggle in his life, but he was still highly effective for the kingdom of God, and there was a plan for him um, to be here. So, yeah, just know that. that and, and I've never heard anybody that is, has a family, that has a family member who, who committed suicide, who's like, man, life's so much better now without them. Yeah. It, That's what I was getting ready to say, too. Never, is, is I've ever. Taught, yeah, it destroys I've taught, lives. It doesn't um, help people. Almost 40 15-hour suicide intervention workshops. And, and our workshops that I teach, it's it's ASSIST. It's a Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training. I know, terrible acronym, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a it's a big, it, Living Works is a big company, and they and you can look them up online and all that stuff, but um, it's it's a facilitation kind of workshop. So we, we really dig in deep with, with people's stories with suicide. And out of the almost 40 workshops that I've done, hours and hours and hours spent teaching the, this course, I've never once heard anyone say, you know what, I'm glad they're gone. Right. Mm. Every, every single time that someone tells a story of that, that there was someone that, that suicided in their life, it's regret, I wish I could have done something, I missed them. That they they were just, just tragically hurt. So if you're if you're out there listening, and and you are contemplating suicide, my my encouragement to you is that people love you. Sometimes they have a difficult time explaining that to you. Sometimes you feel alone and you feel like no one does love you, but trust me, they do. Yeah. Because when you're gone, they 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 fall apart. And and they and and they second guess themselves. Yeah, they, they blame, blame themselves. themselves yeah. mm-hmm. And um, and on the other side of that, don't blame yourself. Yes, do try to love people, but if someone close to you suicides, the blame game isn't helping anyone. Mm-hmm. Um. So so don't don't get caught into that web of lies and saying it's my fault. You you didn't if you didn't kill them you didn't kill them right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll share, I mean, it's, you know, put on my heart to share this real quick, but I had, I had a moment when I was 13 that I was going through some rough stuff and life was just hard. And, and I sat on a bridge looking at the water and all I had to do was push off. And I, I, I almost did a couple of times. I sat there for about an hour, very seriously contemplating it. Um, just because it was, life was hard. I was sad, you know, and, and I was like, Oh, maybe if I just end it now, that'll be over, you know, but man, (laughs) Mm. I am extremely happy that I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have had my children. I wouldn't have experienced the things I've, I've experienced. I wouldn't be here doing this podcast with you guys today yeah. and, and leading people in worship and having such a fulfilled purpose in my life, you know? Um, so just to let you know, like, it's something that I went through even at one point in my life. But um, don't do it, man, because God's yeah. got a plan for you, and you just have to wait for it to play out. And, and so I think that... Um, this may not be hitting everybody, you know, not everybody may be going down to this, this road of deep depression, but you may know people that are going through that. And, and I love, um, just Paul's encouragement, man. He just encourages Mm -hmm. these Philippians. I mean, these like, man, I, I thank God when I remember you and I pray about you and you bring me joy when I pray about you. And I am so excited to see what happens happening in your life. And I know that maybe you're not there yet, but God's going to do some cool things in your life. And, and I think that we can just get so exasperated sometimes with people that are really struggling with depression because it can just seem like they're in a woe is me kind of mentality all the time. Mm. And, and man, like 
the insensitive thing to do here is to say like snap out of it, you know, and that's not helpful at all, right, man. Right, but right. if you can sit there and like and speak hope, speak life, speak destiny into into people, and that's the that's the beauty of the gospel is the fact that we know that we were dead and now we are alive. So there's Amen. always hope. There's so there's always hope for anybody, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that. This is maybe if this is you experiencing this, or you know somebody that's experiencing this, or you're battling back and forth between just really tough times. Like, know that there's hope. Like, let this like pour over encouragement to you. Like, reread some of these letters that Paul is writing to with affection to the church, because this is not just Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. This is Paul's letter to us, and it's Paul's letter, and his the Holy Spirit is speaking encouragement to us through this. And so I, I want you to just uh, to know that there is an opportunity for all of us to then impart this hope and joy to experience it either through this podcast, through the relationships that we have, or when we know that somebody is struggling, do the exact same thing and impart that encouragement and impart that hope into them because, uh, because that's the beautiful gift that we have with Christ. And that's why it's better. That's why Paul says it's better that I remain. Because I know that I'm going to impart continual hope and encouragement. And that is a beautiful perspective that Paul has. And, and I, you know, I have loved ones that, have, that are struggling with depression. And it's, I want to impart encouragement and hope and destiny into their situation. Because sometimes it is so hard to see it when the darkness is so thick. Well, just one quick thing I, I want to add. This isn't. The best I could do biblically is to refer you back to the book of Job. But the last thing I'll say about suicide is, yes, imparting hope is good. But sometimes we have to be comfortable with silence. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do for a person who's thinking of suicide is to listen. And sometimes they don't want to speak. but And if that's the case... Sit there with him in silence. With Job's friends, that's the best thing they did in that 40-some-odd chapter book <laughs> is a few verses where they we, they sat in silence with him for a few days. So just I want you to ponder that. And as we continue this book I want, and, and with this chapter in a program, please look at Paul's verses about joy and look at Paul's verses about unity. Let's be joyful, let's love each other, and let's be one. Yeah. All right, Daniel. You yeah. Us out, please. Um, God, I just thank you so much for this day. And Lord, I just thank you that you give us hope that you didn't leave us to depression. You didn't leave us to despair. But God, that you brought your son as a visible expression of uh, the love and the hope and the destiny and the future and the rescue that you have for all of us. And so even though Paul is in chains, and even though many of our listeners may be in mental and physical and just emotional chains. God, I just know that there's joy. There can be joy in these circumstances. There can be overwhelming joy. And so I just pray that for everyone that is listening to this podcast right now, I pray that they would experience a joy that is inexplainable uh, in their circumstances, but is explainable because of your great love for them. And so God, I just, uh, I ask that you would encourage our listeners. I ask that you would encourage them to know that that you have wonderful plans in store for them, and that you are bringing their life to completion sometime soon. And God, I know that in this time and in this process of sanctification where we're becoming more and more like you, Jesus, that we get a wonderful opportunity to be used to impact others. So I pray that we would be encouragers, 
that we would be um, brothers and sisters that show love, especially to those that are struggling. And God, help us to be patient and to be gracious and to be kind, God, and to, to, like Michael said, to be okay with silence and to just be there and be present with people. And so, God, I just thank you so much that through your Holy Spirit, through Paul, you encouraged us so much today. And I pray that we continue to carry that encouragement to the others that we um, meet with today, that we interact with today, with our families and friends. And it's in your name. Amen. 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 All right, guys, that closes us out for another episode of Weekly Impact. Um, I know that that ended up taking um, a little bit more of a serious um, and heavy heavy conversation, a heavy, you know, a heavy subject, but, um, and that was not planned by us. So just know that we have full confidence that that happened because somebody out there needs to hear it. Um, or maybe one of you needed to hear it so that you can share it with someone that you know that needs to hear it. So, um, if that is you, um, you know, if there's anybody around you that you love and trust and that you can talk to, please go and speak with them. If not, you can come in here and speak to any of us as well. We would love to talk to you and hold your hand and help you through this time. Um, so if there's anybody that you know, go to them, help them out, love on them. Um, otherwise, we'll just go ahead and wrap this episode up. So we thank you guys for hanging with us, for joining us for this Tuesday, and we will speak to you next Tuesday. Have a good week, guys.